you're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, episode number 49. And in this episode, we're talking about whether we should be launching right now or not. Because here's the thing, right now at the time of this recording and at the time that this episode airs, we're still in these slightly turbulent times and you may be tired of hearing these phrases like turbulent times, uncertain times and pandemic. But even so, there's still a way that I want to be able to address this. So what is the shift? Not the pivot, because pivot is definitely being overused as well. (laughs) But What is the shift that you may or may not need to make if you are looking to launch, you know, in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of months at the time of this recording? And so that's why my special guest today, I wanted to bring her onto the show because she actually works behind the scenes when it actually comes to these launches. And her clients, you know, they've gone full speed ahead. And it's kind of like with this extra layer of empathy and sensitivity to the messaging piece when they are putting this offer at scale. Because we've had another conversation on the podcast recently with our lovely Erica Tebbins. And that was the conversation around whether we should be selling at all. And since you're listening to this podcast, you're a business owner right? You're an entrepreneur, which means that you still need to continually put yourself out there, but there is a way to do it. And there's a way that you can be a little bit more kind of like conscious of the situation around us. So that's why in this episode, I have Danny Page on the show and she is going to be kind of, you know, bringing us her insight of what it's like inside launches right now and what's really still helping them to be a thriving success. And I want that for you, my lovely. If you are looking to launch in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, I really hope that you do take this conversation on board and, you know, keep it at the forefront of your mind as you are launching because it's still entirely possible. So long as you approach it with this extra layer again of sensitivity and empathy for those who may not be as receptive to your message if it weren't for this pandemic. And so be sure to tune in for our episode today with Danny Page. This is the place to be if you want the courage to live your life and run your business in a way that's true to you. Contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. But here's the thing, There's no time for you to be playing small anymore because you can make an impact on the people you want to help in this world by showing up and owning your message. And it is my personal mission to support you on your journey with every single episode. I am your host, Meike Sang, and it is my honor to welcome you to The Quiet Rebellion. Let's dive in. Hello, my dear Quiet Rebels. I am so excited for this episode today because my special guest is going to be talking about launching, especially now during uncertain times. And a couple of weeks back, we had Erica Turpins on the show. We talked about, you know, ethical selling. But the thing is, when it comes to launching, that selling is kind of like on mass. It is to a bunch of people and not just one-on-one. And that's why I had to get Danny Page onto the podcast today because she's actually put together a really incredible resource that we'll mention towards the end of this interview today. But that resource is all about out-of-the-box thinking. And that's what we need more of right now. And so Danny, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to talk about all the things we're launching. Hey, Meike. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Welcome. So my quiet rebels, Danny is a launch copywriter for digital and service-based female entrepreneurs. And here's the thing. I've had this uh, in the green room, like before we hit record on this podcast, um, she had the, the wonderful news that when this pandemic hit, 
like her clients were still going ahead with launching. And so I love it that we can have this kind of like insider's take of what launches are like right now, because she's like at the front lines with, you know, all the people who are still making offers, which means that you can too. And so Danny, before we get into all this awesome stuff, can you tell us like, how did you become a launch copywriter in the first place? I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear myself, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's definitely something I stumbled into. I'll take you back a little bit. So I'm from Calgary, Canada, and I grew up with two older brothers and they actually got me into playing hockey. Okay. So yeah. And so I kept playing up hockey and I was able to go play university hockey in Chicago for four years. That's where I got my business degree. And from there, I was recruited to go play professional hockey in the European Women's Hockey League. And I lived in Vienna, Austria for a couple of years. And so I'm super grateful for that whole experience. But I felt like after a few years, it was kind of time to come home and like figure out normality and routine and all that fun stuff, right? So I came home back to Canada and started working an office job and found out very quickly that normality and routine is not for me at all. I just... You know, I was working in an office job and just it just wasn't rewarding enough for me. And I had a coworker at the time start telling me about these entrepreneurial groups on Facebook. So I started digging into those a little bit and I kept seeing this word copywriting pop up. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what it even was at the time, but it had the word writing in it. And so I was very attracted to that word because I just loved writing. So I started just immersing myself in copywriting, figuring out everything I could with it. And I gave myself six months to learn it and was able to quit my corporate job after that and kind of run with this whole copywriting world. And it's evolved over that. But that was a few years ago. And yeah, so fast forward now to today and I write launch copy for female entrepreneurs. And it make it, it's just the best decision I've ever had is kind of making that leap. That's such an interesting background that you come from. Like, hockey festival <laughs> you know it's funny and I'm like I feel like I'm just a, such a typical Canadian right they're like oh okay, yeah plays hockey sounds about right <laughs> that sounds all right indeed and so um you know I'm a fellow stumbler into the the copywriting world 100% and um so why, why six months I was like when you said it, I was like okay why that deadline of six months like I'm um, curious yeah, it's a, that's a great question. Actually, um, my boyfriend at the time was getting transferred and we knew that um, he was leaving cities anyways. So it was kind of the push that I needed. I don't know if I would have made it that short of a timeline if I didn't kind of have that push, but you know, we needed to move anyways and we were moving to a small town and I knew I wasn't going to get the kind of job that I had at the time anyways. Um. So yeah, it really helped push me along and really quicken that timeline for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when, when you have a deadline like that, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I have to work remotely and I have to like make sure that I've got all the skills so that I can work off my laptop, which obviously is a phenomenal skill for all of us to have right now. And so I guess that brings me to like one of my first questions, which is like, what is your thoughts right now on everything that's going on in the world? And again, I'm so happy for you that uh, you still have had clients who are going ahead with their launches, but still having that extra layer of sensitivity given with COVID-19. So could you kind of like share us your initial thoughts on all of this? Yeah, for sure. And and that's just it. Like we're all very shaken up about this, but I'm super grateful for, you know, us and our listeners here that we're already online, right? So we're a bit ahead of the curve a little bit in that sense, because online businesses are, you know, they're definitely just blowing up right now. So yeah. I'm definitely finding gratefulness. Yes. In all of this. I will share like an kind of an interesting viewpoint too, because 
I found it really interesting how this all kind of unfolded Mm -hmm. because looking at this in like a very opportunistic way when I say this, but there was kind of that window when this whole breakout happened where it didn't really matter whether you were like a new entrepreneur or an uber successful entrepreneur. I felt like we were all kind of brought back down to even ground. Like it was a little bit humbling. Hey, and because, you know, since these few weeks have passed or when those few weeks were going on, like nobody knew what to say or what to write. And like, as scary as it was, there was a sense of like equality and kind of union among us entrepreneurs. These are just my weird insights, but I really appreciated like the vulnerability that we were all kind of going through together. And, Mm. you know, now that we're starting to navigate forward a bit, we're starting to test new things and find new options. And it's clear that the right answer forward may be different for you or me or someone else, right? But I, and this is something I want to get more in today is to talk maybe about ways that might inspire new ways forward or, you know, what's possible for your audience, right? Because in the midst of all this craziness and heartbreak, I do believe that there is an opportunity to do great things right now. I, I really, truly do. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you said that because I think the word like being like opportunistic, it, it can be like that there are there's obviously a dark side and it's obviously a very light side. And I love what you said about the light side of it, where there is this sense of like we've all kind of been our slates have almost been wiped clean. Like, hey, we all need to start fresh with our messaging, like in light of this pandemic, and that there is that sense of equality. Where otherwise, like before this pandemic broke out, there's almost that sense of inequality, where there's almost like a hierarchy of who can say what and when and how much sort of thing. So I'm really glad that you brought it up. And so where would you start? I mean, like, could you kind of give us a insight what it has been like working with your clients who have still had the courage to push forward without feeling like they're being a bad opportunist, if that makes sense, like taking advantage of the situation. I think that's what a lot of the quiet rebels who are listening right now and myself included, to be honest, that's what we fear is that like, oh, I get that I need to take the opportunity, but how do I feel like I'm not taking advantage of people because everyone's like, you know, in different places. Some of them haven't been affected as others. So how do I handle all of this? So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, well, for sure. And I'll just start by saying that there's this level of sensitivity, you know, that we obviously want to bring to play here because the fact of the matter is like everyone is affected. And I think more importantly, everyone is now affected differently. Mm. So I'll just kind of preface with all that because I know that there's a lot going on for everyone. As for some advice, I, I have a kind of a triple A framework. I'm calling it it's a three A framework. I'd love to share with your audience it just to kind of help them start to move forward a little bit here. Please do. So my best advice is just right now is to have some sort of plan, right? Even if things around us aren't clear, we can still have a plan. Like without a plan, we just keep living in fear and we're only reacting to what's going on. But with a plan, we can really start to get out in front of things a little bit. So this framework here is three A's. And the first A is to accept. Mm -hmm. And that's to accept that we just can't launch business as usual. Okay. Not to be mistaken with not launching, but Mm -hmm. just not launching business as usual. Okay. We can't just not say anything in our content and pretend that it's not happening how you talk about it is entirely up to you, but you just don't want to come off totally tone deaf by not bringing it up in your content at all. Like, 
and I, I want to make this point too. It doesn't need to be like a long heartfelt email every time you write something. Maybe it's as simple as like stating at the beginning of your weekly email, how are you doing this week? And like actually really wanting to know, you know, and then going forward in your email list plan. So like, for example, if I were to receive a string of launch emails right now and COVID wasn't referred to or mentioned at all, I'd probably assume that the campaign was written like a couple months ago mm-hmm. and I'd feel that the emails were, weren't relevant anymore. Okay. And that may not be the case at all, but it would just come off as a little bit tone deaf. Mm-hmm. You know, so business is all about shifting and pivoting. And if we can accept that it's not business as usual, then we can, you know, start to set ourselves back up and see what we can make out of it. Like solving problems is how we got into this entrepreneurial world anyways, right? So I believe if we can accept it and plan to step up, there are ways for us not just to get through it, but, you know, maybe even make it out stronger than we did going into it, right? Mm-hmm. I really do truly believe it. So to recap, that first day was to accept that it's not business as usual. That's uh, something like a question kind of popped up in my head. And I think I can speak for, um, you know, some other quiet rebels in the listening room here. And that is, so I totally agree with you that if like if there was a launch sequence that came out right now, like that's totally fine. But if it's not mentioning COVID at all, then it almost was like, oh, okay, well, you clearly still went ahead without any reference to what's actually going on in the world. But on the flip side, is also overused a lot. Like these phrases like, oh, you know, we're in this together, which we are mm-hmm. uh, now more than ever. Like these, now these sort of terms are becoming like falling on deaf ears. Can you speak to that at all as well? Especially when you work with your clients right now on launching, how much is too much basically? And how do we not fall into that same camp of kind of like being a very like generic, like, hey, you know, we're in this together now more than ever. Like I believe like those words, it's kind of like the word authenticity is so, great word but it's been overused it's almost been like it's a buzzword now which is unfortunate mm-hmm. because it's such a wonderful word and like what it actually means and it's the same behind all these statements like there's, there's such wondrous like a, a collective energy that comes from it but it's because it's so overused like a buzz phrase now so do you have any thoughts to share on that i'm really curious like how you've handled it copy wise in these launches I, yeah, it's funny you say that actually. I had now more than ever in mm-hmm. one of my weekly emails and then I put like parentheses around it and I'm like, is anyone else sick of this or two? I promise to never use it again. <laughs> so I do totally hear you on that. And you know what? I think that's like a big thing about entrepreneurship is just finding ways to be different, right? Like no one wants to be stuck in the sea of sameness. I mean, you can say this about any trend, really not even COVID, but you know, like launch emails or like the standard FAQ email, like at some point, everyone is kind of doing it. So you just, I mean, you got to dig deep and think about what you can do to really set yourself apart. I'm always trying to be different. I mean, my, my motto is never average, only awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I hate just falling into that like averageness. So yeah, I mean, it's just really thinking about what you can do to be different and, you know, how can you say things that people haven't heard before? Mm. Okay. So take inspiration from those, but don't just copy and paste those current phrases and just find our own awesome way of thing. <laughs> it, it's true. Like, cause the phrase is relevant, but yeah. I, I personally don't like hearing now more than ever, you know? Yeah. So, so it is just like, I mean, writing it out and taking a look at it and being like, okay, have I seen this email before? Has it been written this way before? How can I make it different? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's really great. So thank you so much. So that's the first mm-hmm. thing to accept that to not do business as usual, but to launch differently doesn't mean not launching at all, which I love that you said. Mm-hmm. So what's the next day? 
So the next A is assess. So assess what your business needs for the long game is what I mean by that. So I'll chat out more like short-term money-making things a little bit later. But for the point of this, I wanted to touch on what a great time this is for business development. Like I'm a copywriter and I couldn't tell you how many emails and how much copy I've been putting off that I'm finally able to write now. You know, you can think about this question. What business development can you work on right now to better set yourself up for when it's over? Because it will be over, right? So. Mm-hmm. So assess some of the things that we've been putting off that maybe you've got more time for. Okay. So I'll like brainstorm some ideas for, for your listeners here. The biggest one right now is producing content. Okay. Can you start a podcast? Maybe that's something you've always wanted to do right now. Are there campaigns you can start creating or, you know, even things like cleaning up your segmentation or your tags in your email service provider? Like I can't be the only one who's been putting this stuff off, right? Are there sequences you can write? You know, these are all like content ideas and another business development idea that you could be doing right now is relationship building. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like reach out to people and start networking. Maybe you've got more time to engage on Instagram right now or talking to your audience or doing that research on social media. Like these are all things that your business needs that maybe you've been putting to the back burner before. Right. So Mm -hmm. some other ideas too, like if you've maybe always wanted to start a Facebook group, or virtual summits are really popular right now too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can either start one or get on one. Just getting talking and getting in front of people, ultimately like list building. People are reading emails more, you know, than they were before. So yeah, just relationship building is a really great thing that you can be working on right now. So yeah, again, just assess, assess what your business needs for the long term. Mm. Uh, and I love all of these suggestions that you, and by the way, you are totally not the only one who's been putting off writing these sequences. In fact, I've still got a nurture sequence that needs to be written up for my insider's guide, for my podcaster's guide. And I have one for my launch one, but I'm not really like focusing on that anymore. So it's kind of like, ah, oh, I've always put this on and added right. Instagram highlights on my Instagram. I've been not, I haven't been told off, but like, <laughs> I had a social media audit with uh, Jess Jacobson. Like I, I have her course right now to help me post more consistently on Instagram and she didn't audit on my page and she was like girl you can add some highlights here <laughs> and I was like I totally can thank you very much and so I love the ideas and like yes so to assess where you are right now and plan for what's ahead because like there are so many things that take time to nurture and grow just like you said when you are posting consistently like with your content whether it's a podcast or a blog or a video show Find the thing that you need to build up for when this is over, when you are fully open and able to receive. And that's not to say that you can't open and receive now, but I know there's a lot of reluctance to do that because of the situation. So I'm really glad that you brought this up. So assess where you are, my lovelies. <laughs> yep. And like, cause there's all this business development stuff that you're not going to get paid for anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. So yes. if you're having struggling right now, or, you know, you have some downtime, it's just such a great opportunity to get that stuff done. Yeah, definitely. And also, um, like you said, with virtual summits, because obviously it's like an online version of the all the many events that had to be cancelled. And in regards to those who wanted to get, like get booked on more stages this year, you know, 
podcast pitching is like that's the reason why I'm so grateful as well that my clients have like okay we definitely need this right now because suddenly the events that they were going to speak at is like oh can't do that right now so um, my lovelies if you do want to also have more like practice in putting yourself and your message out there you know podcast pitching is something as well as well as guest blogging and like pitching uh, video shows get yourself out there because Danny's right you don't get paid for this stuff per se but trust me it pays off <laughs> in the long run. Yep. Okay. So that's assess. What about the next? That's assess. Yes. So our last A here is action. Okay. So as we build out this new plan, let's take action on our new direction. Okay. We're entrepreneurs. Let's not stop. Okay. Action means, you know, continuing to show up and serve. You've worked way too hard to stop now. Okay. So And no, I want to say you don't need to be like an online teacher to be relevant right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. But with saying that, you may need to make some changes. Okay. So if you're struggling with taking action because it's hard to find clients, let's think about some of the ways that you can pivot. Okay. And and the pivot is another word that I didn't want to use. Let's say change. Okay. Some ways that you can change. Shift. Okay. Let's do shift. (laughs) Can you either shift your audience or maybe shift your offer, right? So example, if I'm a Facebook marketer, say for spas, okay, like I run Facebook ads for them, Mm -hmm. spas have likely pulled back their marketing spend, okay? So can you shift your audience? Can you still do Facebook marketing, but for teachers or online education or, you know, this guitar training that's so popular right now, Mm -hmm. can you shift your audience Or if your audience is still there, can you shift your offer? Okay. So Mm -hmm. for example, say you're a retreat organizer for divorced women. Okay. Your audience is still there. There's still divorced women, but the offer doesn't apply anymore because there's, like you said, there's no in-person events, right? So how can you actually pivot your offer? Can you move your retreat online? Like we just mentioned with the summits or, you know, can you send like their welcome package in the mail instead of what they receive in person, right? There's just, there's always options. So thinking about if you can either shift your offer or your audience, okay? Mm. And if you're thinking like, neither of those are relevant, you know, maybe your offer and your audience are both heavily affected, you gotta take a step back and look at what your talent is and figure out what you can offer something that's valuable right now that people are willing to pay for. Like what do you have inside of you that you can offer, right? My sister-in-law is in the travel industry and just got laid off, mm. but she's a very talented with embroidery. Like she purses and backpacks and that sort of stuff. And she finally decided to launch her Etsy shop and she's doing great. Wow. You know, so if you're here listening to this podcast, you're already in the online world. And that tells me that you have, you know, a very valuable talent already. So dig into how that can help people, you know, for payment by using the talents that, that you already have. Mm, and I I love how just now you emphasize for payment. So let's talk about this because I don't know about you, Danny, but when we, so Danny and I have known each other online for quite some time. We had the pleasure to meet in San Diego uh, last month at the time of this recording, where it was at TCC IRL, which stands for <laughs> the Copywriter Club in real life. And um, it, it was really wonderful. Like we're all in our own bubble because we're one of the last standing conferences. <laughs> 
and Seriously. Then, yeah. And then when we came back, I don't know about you, but I felt overwhelmed with this flood of free resources. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Free resources, free resources are brilliant. But to me, at one point, it felt like it wasn't even a tidal wave. It was a freaking tsunami of like all this free stuff. And I felt guilty for wanting to sell anything because all of these people were doing it for free. So I love how just now you emphasize that find your talent and offer something for payment. So let's speak on this a bit more because um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you also felt that wave <laughs> or tsunami wave, depending on how you saw it, um, you know, of free resources. So how, like, how can we kind of like step into this so we don't feel guilty? Cause I know that the choir apples who are listening right now, like they are very, empathetic people so they want to make sure that they're doing good things but not again feeling like they're taking advantage of the situation but still again taking the opportunity it's a very fine balance mm-hmm. to have so uh, what's your thoughts on that i think it's simple for me if you're trying to help people mm-hmm. then it's okay to sell okay there's a gas station owner across the street from me right now who is selling 15 dollars per mask and you know, masks are 15 cents. And if it's something like that, like, no, that is not okay. Okay. But I believe if we're in business to make a difference and help people, then yes, like it's okay to sell. I know it's a really debated topic right now, but Mm -hmm. I believe we can still sell while being considerate to what's going on. Okay. Because the thing is like, if we give away everything right now, we're, you know, we're devaluing our work and we're also just totally kicking the economy when it's already yeah. down. Yeah. But most importantly, like we need to sell to be in business, right? You know, we don't know how long this is going to last. So you don't want to completely stall out your business by never moving forward with, you know, your launch plans or your, your sales, you know? So the other thing to make a, is that not everyone is hurting financially. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like people are still buying, mm-hmm. um, you know, the money didn't just totally disappear. It's just not really moving like it was. But so we're saying that, like, I think that there's a way to be sensitive and still sell. Mm-hmm. I-, I love that you mentioned that. Cause, um, it's true. Cause I remember at one point, a lot of my peers were very heavily affected because of their clients. Um, they were offline, for example, but all of my clients are already online business owners. So I felt like guilty for being okay. And then I shared with my mentor, Kira, who, you know, Kira hug. Um, mm-hmm. She was like, no, you need to tell people that you're okay because it gives other people permission to also be okay mm-hmm. because not everyone is hurting in the same way. And I agree with you that the money's still there. It's just a shift in priorities. That's all it is. And there are some people who are financially abundant. I mean, my new mentor, like I've just enrolled in her mentorship program and it's like $17,000. <laughs> and like, obviously I have a payment plan. So, <laughs> but even so, like I was still confident in spending this money. And I've also, my team has grown. When I last saw you, Danny, I don't think I even had any team members and now I have three slash four. And so I agree with you that if we stop the flow of money that we don't spend any at all and just kind of like hoard it and save it. And I know some people do have to, but for me, I'm kind of like, I love the fact that I can support other business owners as well by investing in their services and buying a course, uh, investing in their mentorship is still there. That you need, you do definitely need to assess your own priorities, but not to project your own financial scarcity if you do have it on others, assuming that they're all the same. 
Exactly. That's exactly it. You said it perfectly. Gosh, such a good conversation. So, <laughs> so Danny, do you have any other thoughts about, you know, about selling? And because again, launching is selling on mass. So yeah, is there anything that you've um, had to do, you know, as your work as a launch copywriter in special light of all of this? I think one thing that we could, you know, that is key right now is to really be in the mindset of moving forward quickly. I think a good offer that can help your audience today is better than maybe the perfect offer that will maybe help someone like next week, right? Mm-hmm. Next week, it might not be quite as relevant. So, you know, people need you right now. So I do think that moving quickly is important right now. Mm-hmm. And to follow that up too, like, I believe our audience is really forgiving also. Like they're not expecting perfection. You need to show up, but you don't have to be perfect. Like I think people just need you, right? Mm, I agree with that. You know what, Mika, you're actually a really great example of this. (laughs) Your your group program that you launched, I think maybe it was last month now. Yeah. I loved how in your emails you were like, okay, listen, I don't have a fancy sales page or anything, you know, crazy fancy going on right here, but I have this group coaching option that people are asking for and I'm offering it because it will help so many people. Okay. Like I absolutely love that. That's exactly what I mean. Oh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was actually at the end of that event that people were like, okay, they wanted me to follow up and I was like oh hey is this something you're still interested in like no thank you for reminding me that it's still here and it was a wonderful way to remind myself that it is okay to sell because again I think if we shift the spotlight off ourselves and wondering like oh are we an opportunistic taking advantage kind of person versus hey how can I focus on helping people where they're at right now so 100% 100% agree with you. And that brings me to a question that I had brewing in my head. And that was, have you seen a particular difference in success of launches that are low ticket versus high ticket? Because there are some mm. who particularly focus only on high ticket programs, high ticket clients versus those who are, you know, doing more low end offers in like less than a thousand dollars, for example. So have you noticed any particular difference from that at all? Yeah, I have. Um, I understand that th- these 997 offers mm. might be trickier to mm. be selling right now. You know, like people want quick wins right now. So let's say if you have that bigger course, like, and it's not selling, realize that there's always options. Okay. Like you can take your $997 course and maybe start pulling it out, like pull out a digital, a lo- that low cost digital offer that you just mentioned, or, you know, pull out one module at a time, sell that off, maybe turn it into a live coaching program or a workshop or something. So I have been seeing a trend of not as many high ticket items, the high courses right now, they're still for sure there. Like th- this isn't a blanket rule, but I'm definitely seeing more of the low cost offers coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing to think about this is like, how can you meet people where they're at right now? Right? Like how can you serve them for what they need now? Cause their needs have changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's definitely an option too. And I did want to kind of dig into some of these options. So this is a kind of a great segue into what people can start doing. Cause think about like, here's an example, Hollywood assessed that, you know, nobody can leave their house. So they skipped the box office and went straight to on demand so people could buy from home. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a great example of just meeting people where they're at. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So that course option I mentioned, you know, maybe you don't have a course to pull from, but what a great opportunity to put together like a series of live trainings. You know, you could do like two hours each and focus on key topics that you're an expert in, right? You, you can do them over Zoom and, and charge $67, $97 um, per seat, right? So it, that's a great idea. If you're a service provider, maybe who only offers one-on-one services, also think about how you can give your people maybe like a quick and dirty version of what you do. So again, maybe that like high end offer that we mentioned isn't selling as well, but maybe you can condense it. Like maybe you have a six week project that you normally offer instead, maybe you can bring it down to like a a day rate, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's definitely options. Again, digital products, educational products are so relevant right now. You know, can you package Mm -hmm. something up and, you know, make something else out of it? Yeah, that there's 100%, um, you know, ways that you can repurpose your, you know, current existing assets into smaller things if that's what your um, ideal audience is looking for so um, I've literally I've seen an example of all three like you know a low middle and um, high-end offer so um, what you just said about one of my clients and she is a photographer and she was going to launch her um, photography course to help people take their own brand photos at home so not just take their portrait but to take you know uh, flat lays and things like that so we can use those on social media for authentic connection and she didn't feel comfortable in selling the whole course so she did a workshop version where she only picked out the brand portraits and I was a part of that launch because um you know I I wanted to learn too so I bought that and then she had like over 30 students in the launch so you know nice like little cash uh, cash injection for her but at the same time she's still able to help people where she's at and that's the that's the low end so you can like take a full course into like a, a specialized workshop and the middle tier whatever <laughs> so uh one of my dear friends she's launched her first ever course um at the 397 marks that's like medium right and she has over 30 students so she's brought in well over like 10k into her business like literally overnight she had an, a brilliant offer that her audience was so dialed in for and she gave so much she did it off a challenge danny like she just randomly decided to start a challenge one day and then she's like okay i think i need to do a course and i was like good do it because you're supposed to <laughs> and then she did it and then it was like you know she has over 30 students and so she's like oh okay cool and then on the top end, um, you know, the high ticket offer, like as I mentioned, I just invested in a new mentorship and I also invested in a course. The course is $3,000. There's a 12 uh, payment plan that's impacting millions by Selena Sue. And um, she even shared herself, like people still need your stuff. So put yourself out there because she had over a seven figure launch. So there is room for all of us. So I think what's really important is like don't necessarily cheapen your offers just because of the pandemic out of fear, do it out of service, but not when it's you taking a loss from it. I think that's what's really important to take away. Would you agree? Yeah. And that's a really good point too. Don't discount your, your higher end offer just because you think it's not going to sell, right? I'm all about testing, Mm -hmm. you know, don't start, you don't need to start pulling out that offer and making it smaller until you know that that high end offer is not selling. Right. So I, I would definitely test it first. And then if your audience or the market is saying, no, that's not quite what they want, you know, then start, um, pulling stuff out. And for sure you can start, I mean, 
discount is a whole other topic. You can for sure discount and there's things you can do too, to help like, you know, payment plans, Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of stuff. You can offer more support and, and a ton of other stuff that way. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't crazy discount by any means. But yeah, I think it's just a lot about listening to your audience and testing it and knowing what they want and then start um, changing things up from there. Yeah. Oh, so agree. Okay. So my lovelies, don't do it out of fear. Okay. (laughs) Just listen closely to your audience and speak to them, like actually jump on calls with them to see how they're doing, like ask them to respond to your emails and send you a DM on social media find ways to actually directly talk with your people and they will tell you what they want so long as you ask and show up for them. So I love this conversation, Danny. So thank you so much for coming on and just kind of like giving us a collective reassurance that we are still in a place where we can sell from a good place of service. And so I know that we talked about a lot of things. So let's reel it back in with a good old recap. So could you kind of quickly recap your three A's and a key takeaway that um, like one thing that we can do after today, after listening to you. For sure. So those three A's of the framework is to accept that it's not business as usual, assess what your business needs for the long game and act and implement any necessary changes. So start making those tweaks as you see them. And I think the biggest thing right now is, is kind of how, what we finished saying is to not act in fear is just to get ahead and have some sort of plan but with the understanding that it might need to change going forward. And that's okay. As long as you continually are trying to move forward, you're doing great. Okay. Just keep going. I want to give encouragement. You know, we're all kind of in this crazy online world right now. Mm. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's just finding out what works for you. So Danny, this brings us to an amazing point in our conversation because, you know, we're talking all about launching right now and how there are multifaceted angles that do come with a successful launch. And even before this pandemic, you pulled together this awesome resource that actually helps us to look at launches in different ways. So could you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I have an expert insights launch guide where I asked one question to 25 top female marketers. And that question was, what is your number one most unique launch strategy? And the responses I got are amazing. And I've pulled together this guide. We've got responses from Jasmine Starr, Melissa Griffin, Jill Stanton, our very own May K. Singh. And so you can go pick that up for free at dannypage.com slash expert insights. And it's a really great guide to just see what other people are doing to be, you know, kind of different. And, you know, we mentioned before not doing the same old, same old thing, right? So they've got some really great insights about different things that they're doing right now for successful launches. Mm, And I love that. What's amazing is there is no cookie cutter when it comes to launching like yes there is a series of events that need to happen like you know the pre-launch runway sort of thing and then the actual launch and post-launch um, reviews and everything but what I love is that there are so many like successful launches in this guide and some of them almost like contradict each other which is an amazing thing because it shows you you've got to test what works for your offers and your audience so I'm going to put that link and so dannypage.com forward slash expert insights I'm going to pop that into the show notes my lovely so if you do want to grab your hands on that and it is a brilliant insights guide so thank you so much for putting it together and it's been an honor to be a part of it too so thank you thank you so much Mickey. so danny where else can people find you so aside from downloading your amazing guide like where can they go find you if they want to ethically stalk you or hopefully connect with you via dm <laughs> 
Absolutely. So you can find me at my website is dannypage.com. So D-A-N-I-P-A-I-G-E. And I also love to hang out on Instagram, dannypage.online. All right. Perfect. So I'm going to pop all those links in the show notes so we can know where to find you. And this brings us, oh my gosh, this has been an amazing conversation. And so I love everything that we spoke about and what we can do next and just find our own launch style per se and where to find you. So I've got two final questions for you, Danny. And, um, you know, I, I did prep you beforehand because I wanted this to marinate in your mind as we were talking. So uh, first of all, what makes you a quiet rebel? I believe I'm a quiet rebel because I'm not doing what everyone else is doing. Okay. I don't like just falling into that normality, kind of like how I had to break away from that nine to five. So I believe, you know, this wonderful group of people who all enjoy being different. And so I believe that that's what makes me quiet rebel. Mm -hmm. And tell us your, your catchphrase again. Never average, only awesome. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun, right? (laughs) It is, it is. And so now like one of my favorite questions I get to ask every guest. So uh, for the Quiet Rebel Tour listening, if it's your first time here, then it's going to be a little bit strange to you. But for those who are, you know, frequent listeners, when you hear the sound effect, it means it is time for a fact of the day. So Danny. This is your first time on the podcast and maybe, you know, there, there'll be another conversation in the future, uh, you know, because I think there's uh, many other things we could talk about launching for sure, because it's these mm-hmm. to cover. <laughs> but until then, could you share with us, Quiet Rebels, what is one weird fact or crazy story about you that we can't find on your website or social media? So what's something that only we can know about you? So I am a really big hiker. I live really close to Banff National Park, if you've heard of it. It's the beautiful Rocky Mountains. So I go on these crazy hiking excursions, like eight, nine hours. So I think that's a little bit of a, yeah, a crazy story with me. I have ran into a cougar before (gasps) and yeah, I did not think I was making it past that day. And yeah, so I've seen some crazy stuff up in these mountains, but I keep going back. I just absolutely love it. I get such a rush out of it. Oh my God. I mean, uh, I like Canada is on my list. I want to go to the Rockies because of the beautiful scenery that my, I swear I live vicariously through my sister for two reasons. One, because of where she used to travel <laughs> uh, before, obviously before this lockdown. And two, because she has two amazing cats that I want to call my own, but <laughs> But um, yeah, the pictures from Canada have been beautiful. But could you kind of like tell us a little bit more about like, you said a cougar, you said. Yeah. So like a big, big mountain lion. Yeah. And what happened? Like, it was awful. I mean, so you, you, you need to react differently from if you see a bear and a cougar and different types of bears you react differently to. Okay. Uh, so a cougar, you, you, you want to get really, really big. So mm-hmm. I was with two friends. We picked up a stick and just tried to act big. That's essentially all we could do because these things, they could take one leap and they would get you a lot quicker than you could run is oh. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. So I believe that he just wasn't hungry. I honestly think that's what it came down to. And we just stood there acting big and he kind of stared at us. And what felt like a really long time, it probably was only five or 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And he turned around and walked away. <gasps> Oh my God. Okay. So thank you for the cougar tip. Now for anyone who's like interested in hiking, cause I love like, well, I want to get better at it. Obviously when we can travel more, there are different types of bears and reactions. So could you give us like two examples? Like, uh, well, for sure, so 
Yeah, so there's like brown bears or there's black bears or there's grizzly bears. And okay. like grizzly bear is the worst of the worst. If you run into a grizzly bear, yeah, I I mean, not not gonna have a good day. I mean, if you run into any bear, it's not the best good. day, okay. but so what, how do you yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's ever a good thing? Um so I have bear spray on me at all times. Okay. I have never had to actually use it, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but I have had it locked and loaded multiple times. Um uh, but yeah, I bring bear spray. I mean, we make noise, we're smart about it, right? You go in groups, and I mean that's nature, like we are in their habitat, right? So you gotta just be mindful when you're out hiking, but yeah, it's the crazy world, I guess, out in the mountains. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so have bear spray. No, no, no matter what type of bear it is, the spray is it sufficient enough? Would you say? Exactly. So brown bears, they say that you can like act dead, like just play dead, kind of. I don't know if I ever could because <laughs> I would be so scared. I would probably just scream and run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they do say to that. There's different ways you can act, but I think at the end of the day, you want to just have <laughs> bear spray on you and just. Hope it doesn't happen. (laughs) Okay. So bear spray is literally like a bear repellent, just like a mosquito repellent. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So my lovelies, if you are hiking, please do bring bear spray with you. Like I'm a little (laughs) bit scared now because I've never, I've never hiked to that extent before, but that would be bloody terrifying. So. It is, but I don't, I don't mean to scare you. I mean, like I said, it's, it's their home. They're, they're not really out to get you. It's just, it's nature, right? You just got to be careful when you're out and about. Yeah. Same as if you were in the ocean, like if something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. So respect nature, my peeps, <laughs> and you'll be, you'll be fine with the bear spray. <laughs> All right. So Danny, thank you so much for that little crash course in, um, you know, safe hiking. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was fun maker. Absolutely love it. So thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. And again, I'll pop all the links to your Instagram, your website, and your experts guide in the show notes so people can connect with you further. Wonderful. Thank you for having me, Mickey. Thank you for being here. Hey, my lovely. So I really hope that you love the conversation that I had with Danny just now and definitely bring some bear spray along with you, by the way, if you're going to be hiking just like she does. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine how that felt when she faced that mountain lion and like seeing bears, grizzly bears, brown bears. I didn't even know that there was like a huge difference between how they behave, but it's good to know. So always bring bear spray, please, if you're going to go hiking. <sighs> All right. So now that's over. I really hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Danny today because I love that she is able to bring this unique perspective as somebody who actually works inside launches and she's hyper aware of what's happening in the launch space right now. So if you are looking for inspiration on different ways that you can be launching, because maybe the three-part video series or maybe the webinar or maybe the five-part challenge may not be as effective as it could be like, you know, if, again, without this pandemic, right? And so if you're looking for out-of-the-box kind of ways that you can still be launching, I highly recommend that you check out her Expert Insights Guide. So I'm going to be popping that into the show notes, www.makeastang.com forward slash 049. And that's where you can find the information of, you know, where you can connect with Danny, um, on Instagram, on her website, and as well as her freebie guide. Honestly, the insights in there are amazing and I'm not just tooting my own horn because I've had the honor of being featured in that as well. But honestly, take a look there and really see what's resonating with you on how you can be launching. And I love that, you know, Danny, she's on my email list as well. And I love that she like really commended the fact that when I was launching my group program from Pitch the Podcast Guest, I didn't have the sales page. I didn't 
have any of that planned because it wasn't a planned launch. But I also knew that it's an area of support that some people really wanted. And so that's why I just like kind of went out there. So I don't want you to hold back on launching if your current offer is something that can really help people right now. So just give yourself permission to experiment, just to try and always work within your own bandwidth and what's really resonating with you right now. Okay, so again, go to www.makeasang.com forward slash 049 to have all of the links to connect with Danny and to get your hands on this expert insights guide as well for some out of the box launch ideas. <sighs> all right, so I really hope that you enjoyed this episode with us, my lovely. And if you have, please be sure to screenshot it and share it on Instagram and do be sure to tag both of us as well. I'm going to pop our, um, our handles in the show notes as well so you can know like where and how to tag us. And we'd love to hear your insights and takeaways from that as well. So don't be afraid to drop off some DMs. We do love a good DM. And that is it for now, my lovely. If you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't yet subscribed, I'll love it if you subscribe so you can join the Quiet Rebellion with us. And also, I've got a couple of exciting things that are going to be happening in the next couple of weeks as we celebrate the first year, like the one year anniversary of the Quiet Rebels podcast. And so when people subscribe, they're going to get access to these bonus episodes. I actually don't share on social media. I don't share it to my email list either. It's only for you as a subscriber. So in case you haven't subscribed yet and you love what you're hearing so far, I'd love it if you can hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Whether it's Stitcher or CastBox or good old Apple Podcasts, I really hope that if you like what you're hearing so far, that you want to stick around and continue with your own quiet rebellion. (sighs) All right, so that's it for today. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you same place, same time next week. Bye for now.